Today's episode of Kobe and the Hustlers, we're speaking to founder and CEO of HowNow, Nelson Sivalingam. HowNow is a London-based edtech startup that gives you everything you need to create and sell online courses from your own website and essentially turning your knowledge into profit. To date, HowNow have had over 150,000 minutes of learning take place on their platform and they work with over 1,000 educators in 30 countries and today, they added Jamaica to that list. We're going to find out why I've invited Nelson on the show, talk about all things edtech, what's it like being a CEO of a well-known company and what he's got planned for himself and his company's future. What a life to live I'm on the come up, oh, come up. What a life to live I'm on the come up, oh, come So Nelson, welcome to the show. Kobe, this is such a privilege. <laughs> I can't believe I finally made it to Kobe and the Hustlers. <laughs> Mate, I really need to call my mum and tell her, look, look at my achievement. <laughs> Listen, your mum listens to this show. I'm pretty sure 100% <laughs> one of my biggest fans I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you very much for coming on board. This is the last episode of the first series. We're really happy to finish with a bang. And uh, yeah, Nelson, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And um, so how's your day? Day's been good. Um, you know, life of an entrepreneur is probably only halfway through the day. So <laughs> ask me in another six hours time. Just to put that into context, it's about 7 p.m. in the evening right now. That's right, that's right. And uh, I think an entrepreneur's hustle never stops. And that's right. Nelson being a hustler, uh, well, I've known him for always being a hustler, so uh, keep hustling, buddy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Nelson, how we like to start off this show is a bit of kind of chilled out questions, bit of fun, not so serious stuff. And then we get into the real meat of this beautiful sandwich that we cool. create. Sounds good. So um, talking about food. Lamb cotrotti or lamb briani? Lamb cotrotti any day. <laughs> what kind of animal would you be and why? Oh, mate, that, that's a neat one. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with a lion, mate. You know? That's, come on, that's a bit boring. Yeah, is, Everyone mate, would but, be a but, lion. But my, my reason is this, though. I love the Lion King. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you, okay, it, are it, you a Mufasa, are you a Scar, or are you a Simba? You know what? The truth is, mate. You could be a mix of everything. It depends what day you catch me and I could be a Mufasa. <laughs> or you could be a Scar. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right. Are you an iPhone or an Android man? iPhone. Would you rather be an investor or an entrepreneur? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would like to be an investor for the reason that I love being an entrepreneur. And I think mm -hmm. as an investor, you get the opportunity to work on so many different ideas and different markets with other entrepreneurs. Um, so for that reason, an investor. Fantastic. Are you a caller or are you a texter? I'm a texter, 100%. I can't remember the last time I had a call. Probably with you. <laughs> you rejected my call like yeah. 15 minutes ago. Okay. Uh, you see $10 million in your bank account tomorrow. What do you do with it? Um, Apart from calling me up and going for a night out, what do you do? I'd, I'd probably just keep it there and come back into work the next day. <laughs> Pretend to, you to, never to, to be honest, I think I ask this question a, a lot, which is this idea of people work and work to earn money. But if you stopped and asked people, how much money do you think you actually need? Mm. Very few people stop to put a number to it. All yeah, they yeah. want is more. Like, I want to get promoted. I want more money. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. When, how much do you need to never have to think about money when you work? Yeah, I think. And yeah, yeah. So how much do you need? Kobe? No, no. I, th I think I've been asked a question, and the question is, what's your number? Yeah, yeah. No, what's not your telephone, and what is your number? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? How much do you need? Yeah. And exactly. And I've I've always thought about that, and thought to myself, 
I don't actually know. I don't actually know. As in, I could say two million tomorrow, and then I'd be like, well, no, that's gonna burn out in about three po- good parties, <laughs> three good nights, <laughs> three yeah. good nights, you know. Um, and then I watched Billy, the last episode of Billions or yeah. whatever, and, and and there was like some guy like said, I've only got three hundred million left, and that's not gonna last me a year. Yeah. And I thought. Well, okay, I really do need to aim for the well, sky. The, the follow-up is, once you've said that number and you say, you know, whatever, you earn that number or you win the lottery, you get yeah, that, yeah. How does, what would you do the What's next, next step? step? Yeah, yeah. And the question is, if someone turns around and says, you know, I'll, I'll quit my job, then you weren't in the right job in the first course, place. I'm yeah. not saying I wouldn't take a holiday, of course I would, but would I come into work? Or, yeah, because... I'm not doing this for the money. I chose to do this. If yeah. I wanted to make money, there's 101 other things I could do where I could probably make uh, money quicker. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's not the reason. And I think that's quite telling. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's, that's absolutely spot on. I think money shouldn't really drive people. It should be more the kind of experience of getting to where you want to go, if that makes sense. Like, you can't just wake up tomorrow and say, I've got 10 million, I don't want to go and experience all yeah, this journey anymore, yeah. right? So, and I think, you know what, that's also telling of the fact that I think one of our biggest addictions in society is the monthly paycheck, right? Yeah, if yeah. people realise um, how relatively easy it is to make money outside of a monthly paycheck, they'll feel a lot more liberated and yeah, they won't yeah. feel so dependent. Yeah, the yeah. truth is most people have never kind of broken out of that system to appreciate Actually, you know, to make the same amount of money, um, it's not that difficult. There are yeah. ways to do it, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and to earn that money doing the things you love. Yeah, it's, it's just that yeah. we, most of us don't give ourselves the opportunity to find that out. Yeah, it's just opening people's eyes to different opportunities, right? Yeah. That kind of thing, and that those side hustles, which could turn into their main hustle. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. kind of thing. All right, let's get back. We just totally. Off on tangent. Oh, yeah, off on a tangent. Talking about a bit. $10 million. <laughs> that was supposed to last 60 seconds. And it lasted me 60 minutes. Okay. So um, so tell me, how's your 2008? How's How Now and how's Nelson Silverlingham's 2018 been treating you? Um, 2018 is going great. I mean, we're, we're growing month on month as a business. We had our best ever month um, this month in, in April. Um, you know, things that I thought would maybe happen later on in the year are happening earlier, like opening up a US office, um, things like that. So overall, it's good, positive. That's superb. You're obviously opening up a US office, potentially recruiting any, uh, uh, recruiting for the office. So any of our Canadian listeners that have any New York contacts, get in touch with Nelson on... Uh, you, you, can, you can hit me up anywhere. You can uh, get me on Twitter at that Nelson dude or send me an email at nelson at learnhownow.com. Awesome. So, um, so tell me, give me a brief overview of your career to date. Tell, tell the people what you have been doing up until today. Well, um, that, that's quite a while. So, I mean, after graduating in business and management, um, you know, the least you'd think is a business degree would help you start a business. It doesn't. It was uh, absolutely useless for doing that. Um, then I worked, you know, a couple of companies, one like L'Oreal doing digital marketing, working corporate sales. Then I set up my first business, which was in video technology. Um, I ran that for about four years, um, where we ended up licensing the technology to one of the, well, the largest reservation platform in Europe at the time, Book a Table, who got bought out by Michelin. And then after that, took a little break and then started what the original iteration of How Now was, uh, Wonder Rush, and we pivoted to How Now. Um, so that kind of brings us to date, kind of the mm-hmm. summarized version um, yeah. of my career. Career to date. No, fantastic. 
Oh, so, and I started a restaurant in between as well. I mean, that's probably... Oh, yeah, you started a restaurant, yeah, 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 yeah as yeah, you do. And yeah. what did your restaurant serve? What kind of food? Well, it was more of a passion for food as okay. well as Sri Lankan food um, in particular. Yeah. I, I love Kodrodi mutton rolls, mate. Like, who, you know, does it? who doesn't? Who doesn't? Exactly. But I loved it to a point where I wanted a business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, it's more of an obsession. And yeah. so you can't really get... At the time, you couldn't get Sri Lankan street food in, in the city, in yeah. London. Um, and I thought, this is something more people need to try. And it's such a tasty, easy to eat meal. And, and that's exactly what we did, is yeah. we brought Sri Lankan street food to the city. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, talking about that, I feel like some got through right now. Let's do it. But yeah, let's do it after. It, let, let's take this interview. <laughs> let's take this interview to the street, uh, to get some street food. Um, okay, so you obviously pivoted, you, you obviously love films, and it seems like your business seems to have tapped into that passion now and previously. Was that intentional? Uh, did it obviously have an influence kind of thing, your love for films and passion for it? Did it, did it have a huge um, you know, influence? Um, I mean, with the video tech business, it did. So like you mentioned, I mean, where, where I started um, was, you know, it's my first love is film. Yep. As a filmmaker, uh, we had a production company. Um, you know, we made corporate promotional films, but also making fictional films for the British Film Council. Uh, we made a feature film, we got it into the cinemas. So the, the first kind of video tech business came from that love for film and the medium. Yep. Um, but now with, with How Now, it's less about the video and the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and more actually a, a passion in, in education, education. Um, yeah. and how you can use kind of technology to democratize education. So it, it comes from that space rather than the video. No, as in that's, uh, for me, that's important how you've pivoted. Um, obviously, it was all about videos. It's still about videos, but now more on the on the kind of ed tech uh, area uh, now itself. So, you're an entrepreneur. I've known you for a few years now. Um, you're a really good entrepreneur. You've got some serious hustle. Tell me, define to me and the people that's listening right now what an entrepreneur is in your eyes. It's, it gets beaten around a lot. Everyone's an entrepreneur. Everyone says they are. Uh, it gets thrown around a lot. But what do you define as an entrepreneur? See, for me, entrepreneur is two things. Um, when I do things, I look at how much value do I add to people as an individual. Yeah. If I'm going to make a decision, I'll look at uh, who am I adding value to? Am I adding value to other people? Or am I adding value to myself? And I like the idea of taking decisions that add value. Yeah. Now, to me, business or enterprise and starting a startup here is a systematic way to add more value than I could as an individual. Yep. So, you know, as an individual, I might be able to add value to um, 10 people around me. But as a business, I can add value to a million people around the world. Yep. So to me, um, being an entrepreneur gives me the opportunity to add value to more people. And, and that's what it is. It's a vehicle to add more value to more people. Yep. Um, and in terms of more of a characteristic that to me is defining is someone who's constantly trying to see what's outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's the idea that you're living life in a certain way, you identify a pain point, um, but you want to know what's on the other side of the door. You want to explore beyond your comfort zone. Yeah. And in that journey to exploring what's outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. you become an entrepreneur. So yeah, they're, yeah. They're trying to find a things. solution, monetizing that solution, but being passionate about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a load of different things. As in, I always kind of... I've always said what my own thoughts are. If you can monetize your passion as a job, that's being an entrepreneur. Yeah. 
that's that kind of like the, yeah. three, the three steps. And, and you know, the main thing there is your passion. So sometimes, like, if you're an entrepreneur and you're someone who's constantly searching and looking outside of your comfort zone, chances are you're going to come up with hundreds and hundreds of ideas. Yeah. Right? But not every idea is the one that you invest your time, your life, your mind, your yeah. passion into. Yeah. So I think what tends to happen at quite an early stage when you're starting out is you come up with a great idea, your mate tells you it's amazing, you rush into yeah, it, yeah. but it's a long game. Yeah. And so you really do need to love this thing mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that you're putting into. So always, it's not a question of is it a great idea and that's sometimes not enough to pursue. Is it a great idea that you can see yourself spending your years, your days, your hours doing yeah. is really the question. Mate, that's, that's a very good answer. And I think a lot of people will tap into that to really understand if they are an entrepreneur already. Because um, a lot of you might hear that and say, guess, hey, what Nelson just said just defined what I do every day. I'm an entrepreneur, you know. Um, so talking about being an entrepreneur, you are one. What's the worst, I hate, I love hearing about the good, great stuff and everything, that's all great. What's the worst part about being an entrepreneur? It's the fact that it takes over your life, right? So I think it's a steep learning curve to know how to manage everything in your life. You're gonna have relationships, your family, your friends, your partners. Um, and so to manage all of those relationships and other mm -hmm. commitments that you have is difficult yeah. because the nature of being an entrepreneur to a large part is, if you went in for a job interview, they would ask you what experience do you have before they give you the job. An entrepreneur is a strange one where someone's willing to give you millions of pounds of investment to go generate millions of pounds of revenue, yeah. although you've never done it before. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. They don't ask you for your experience. You know, in that way, only the guys who've ever had an exit would raise money, but that's not what's happening. Yeah. And so the reason why they do it is they see an aptitude of, of thinking where they think he would learn from his mistakes. He or she yeah. would learn from his mistakes. Um, and that steep learning curve mm -hmm. means it consumes a lot of you. It takes yeah, a yeah. lot of time to learn that quickly. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of takes away from other aspects of your life. Yeah. Um, and it can be stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right? So I think all of that, managing that stress, that, that's a learning curve in itself. Sure. So I think these things you do need to be aware of. And yeah. it's important to have you know, mentors or people you can talk to about when, when the going gets tough. Yeah. And you touched upon the whole investment side of things and people pumping, well, talking about putting money in, etc. Mm. You know, a lot of people sometimes, and I'm a strong believer in it, in the sense of investment is more, is, is kind of like 60% the person and 40% the idea. You know, some, and, and that's like my kind of feeling. And what do you, obviously you're an awesome guy, and obviously you. your investors, obviously your investors think that too, otherwise they wouldn't have you know, put money into your, into your project itself. How important is it, uh, the personality of an investor, how important is that in, 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 uh, you know, in the whole investment side of things when you're seeking investment, the personality of an entrepreneur? Right, so at an early stage investment, you know, you've not got much of a product, uh, you've not got much of a business, it's very idea driven. So it's really a stage, and as an investor, you know this is gonna change, right? Your product, your idea is gonna change, right? Yeah. The, when you take it out to market, you get feedback, once you start validating it, you know it's going to change. Yeah. So you are really at an early stage um, banking on, mm -hmm. on the founder or the entrepreneur, because yeah. that's what's going to be constant. That's, that's the constant, as the business evolves and the product changes, the constant there is the founder. 
And so it is very much about the founder's attitude and aptitude to be able to change based on feedback and yeah. their, um, you know, how quickly they can learn from their mistakes and what their approach is. Um, so it's very much about that. And another yeah. important part that I don't think gets um, talked about as much is your ability to tell a story. Yeah. Right. You're essentially taking a uh, whether all of your stakeholders. It could be your investor. It could be your employees. Um, it could be your customers. Mm -hmm. You're taking them all on a journey, and you're telling them a story, and that's what they're buying into. Yeah. When selling you're selling that vision. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is. You know, you're basically telling an investor, yeah, one day we're going to be a multi-million pound company. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But it doesn't, that might be the end. But mm -hmm. you've got to tell them the story in between. Yeah, so course. how are you going to get to that point? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's what you buy into at an early stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And if you could choose one trait that you believe is absolutely necessary to become a successful entrepreneur, only one, what would it be? Uh, to be a quick learner. 100%. Okay. Um, because you will do a lot of things that you've never done before and you've got to be able to learn uh, from what you do. As in, you will by far make more mistakes um, than you get things right. But the point is, you only have to be right once. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what people will remember and that's what will matter. Yeah. So you've had some high profile investors, Andy Murray, um, the founder of My Voucher Codes. Like, what you know? What kind of pressure does that bring you, knowing that these guys have believe in you, and believe in you? They believe in you so much they've actually put their own money into this. What kind of pressure does that bring? I don't think having high-profile investors actually adds any more pressure. Or, or in fact, investors is is not what adds the pressure. I think the pressure is more. You know, I, I didn't sign up for this just because of these investors. I signed up for this because I you want to build a, I, I want to build an incredible company. Yeah, yeah. So I think the pressure comes from you putting it on yourself to build an, an amazing product, to build yeah, an yeah. amazing business, to build an amazing team, um, to build an amazing customer experience. So I think that pressure it far more it, you know exceeds what an investor can add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's cool. And see, to me. Personally, going off the questions here, um, if I had someone like Andy Murray, just just saying, walk into the office and say, "Hey, give me an update," would you treat that investor the same as, let's just say, it was me? Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. So you know, we have a, a bunch of investors that are yeah. not high profile. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to me, you know, what stands is these are people who took a chance on me, my team, my product, my business. Yeah. So they're all the same. Um, you know, it, it's not about how big they are in their, in their individual lives. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact that they all took an equal chance. You know, they mm. all, it's hard-earned money. Yeah, of course. Um, and I respect that. Yeah, 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 no, fair enough. So talking about raising and, and, and whatnot, uh, money and funds, etc. when do you, like a lot of people, have come to me and they say, oh, I'm looking to raise money for X and, you know, I don't know if it's the right time for me to raise money, etc. And I always talk about them and ask them, like, what product are you doing? Can you continue to bootstrap until, you know, you really can't survive kind of thing? When do you, re when do you personally think a company should, you know, go from bootstrapping to looking at raising funds? Yeah. So firstly, there's a hell of a lot you can do mm -hmm. without raising money, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think people need to bear in mind, raising money is a choice. It does change the way you run the business, mm -hmm. right? So you could have a great business that's making, you know, 
hundred thousand uh, pounds dollars um, every month and you know it's growing at a small percentage but it's a great business because you're making good money out of it mm -hmm. but the moment you bring in institutional funding or significant amount of investment that's no longer good enough yeah. right the whole reason institutional funds get involved is they want to see aggressive growth we're talking you know 30 percent month on month growth so what would have been great as a lifestyle business is no longer good enough so you've got to um, make that choice whether is that what you really want do yeah. you want to constantly be going after aggressive growth or do you just want to have a business um, that's making incredible money for yourself and everyone else involved and it's not about aggressive growth? So firstly, it's a choice. Yeah. Now, if you've decided you do want to raise money because you want to grow this big business, then look at all the things you can do to validate your business and de-risk it. So your valuation goes up the more you de-risk the assumptions in your business. And there's a lot you can do uh, to de-risk. And, yeah. and I'll give you one little anecdote of, of how you can test something. So when we started Wonderush... Nelson's uh, top tips. Uh, this is a little <laughs> we have, story. We should have a jingle. True. Nelson's top tips. Nelson's top tips today. Okay, today is a little anecdote to tell you how you can test, um, do a bit of customer validation and idea validation um, with very little money. So what we did when we started Wonderush, the whole concept was you get unlimited classes um, for X amount of money a yeah. month. We didn't know how much to charge um, for this product. Um, and I didn't know how to go about describing it. Do I say unlimited classes, unlimited experiences, unlimited activities? Bearing in mind, at this point, I've not built anything, mm -hmm. right? So what I did was I used this platform called Instapage to knock up a landing page. I knocked up three versions of this landing page. One that said unlimited classes, unlimited activities, unlimited experiences. Um, for one said 19 pounds a month, another one said 29 pounds a month, another one said 49 pounds a month. Then what I did was I put a bit of ad budget behind these landing pages. And the whole idea was it said, do you want unlimited experiences for 29 pounds a month? If yes, request an invite. Mm -hmm. We put an ad budget behind this on, on Facebook um, and on Google AdWords, tiny amount. It doesn't have to be a hell of a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. Just literally put 10, 20 pounds behind it. What we measured was which one of these pages got the most amount of conversion. Yeah, yeah. And that told me straight away, okay, A, there is an interest for this product because yeah. people were putting in their email address and requesting an invite because mm -hmm. they think by requesting an invite, they'll get access to that platform straight away. And also, I figured out which price point worked the most. Yeah. It wasn't the 19 pounds one, it wasn't the 49 pounds one, it was the 29 pounds a month. Yeah. And that gave me enough validation to know, okay, this price point is what I can model my business on. Yeah. And actually, people are interested. And then I said, send them all an email. And we had 600 people request an invite, right? Within the wow. space of a couple of days by running this ad. So I knew, actually, I sent them an email going, it's gonna take me two months to build this product. Once I do build the product, I've now got in. 600 people Potential who, can, who can sign up as early beta testers yeah, and tell me yeah. what's good and what's not. And that validation altogether cost me about you know, 20, 30 pounds yeah, so rather than what I tend to see. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot yeah. of people is they have a great idea. Um, they tell their mate in a pub. The mate goes, this is incredible, mate. They try to look for app quotes, find out an app costs 7,000 pounds. Yeah. They have a savings and they go, you know what, 7,000 pounds, let's, just let's do build it. this app. Yeah, Three yeah. months later, you put the app out and no one wants no one to use it. Into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's a story which I'm hearing, I hear a lot on a daily basis. Um, just because of the fact people are chasing a dream and they forget and they believe so much into their dream. They don't actually think about 
Would anyone buy into it? Oh, Apart from 100%. me? Yeah. And you know um, what this is? It's ideas are overrated. Yeah, right? well, yeah. One of the things, I remember um, I did this talk once at, at Google Campus and after the talk, so this guy came up to me and he goes, I'd like some help. I've got this business idea. And I was like, okay, great. What's the idea? And he goes to me, oh, I can't really tell you that. And I was like, okay, no problem. <laughs> NDA. Right? I was like, yeah, n- NDA. And I was like, no problem. So what space is it in? Yeah. And he goes, oh, I can't really tell you. And I was like, what are there other competitors in this space? And he goes, well, I can't really tell you. I was like, mate, how can I help you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You're not telling me anything. And that comes from um, a lack of experience and, yeah. and naivety because you put too much value on the idea yeah. because you don't appreciate how much execution it takes yeah. to grow yeah. a business. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone who's gone through that process will tell you the idea is completely overrated. Yeah, yeah. I think people also need to kind of, just on that on example, need to understand how important it is to not only share, but be able to describe your idea very quickly for someone mm. to understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Just so that you can get validation right there and then, yeah. yes, the idea is, I can see legs on the idea. Yeah. And, uh, or, sorry, mate, go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's another top tip from Nelson. <laughs> okay, so, Here's a question which I love asking because every uh, entrepreneur that we've uh, had on the show has said a different uh, book, um, which is what book would you recommend to entrepreneurs to read? Right, so there's a whole bunch of uh, biographies, autobiographies, business books that I could recommend. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to recommend a business book. I'm actually going to recommend a book that triggered me to take the leap to start my business. And oh, it's awesome. probably the book that I recommend the most. Um, it's topical because there's a documentary about this philosopher that's just come on Netflix. But um, the book's called Courage, okay. uh, The Joy of Living Dangerously. It's okay. a small little book uh, by a philosopher called Orshaw. Um, whatever's said and done in, in this documentary, and there's a lot to um, debate about Orshaw, but the book is phenomenal. Um, it looks at our perception of risk um, in, in different aspects of our life, you know, where business is one of them, but relationships, um, you know, f- how fear drives so many of our decisions. But yeah. it, it speaks about so many profound things in such a simple way. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe it's a book that I associate with a particular period of my life as well. Okay. And I think if you're at a point where you're debating whether to take a leap um, of faith and into starting a business or following any kind of passion, I 100% recommend this book. Fantastic, and what's the title of the book? Courage, the joy of living dangerously. Fantastic. Take note, everybody. Go and buy it at your local bookstore, support local businesses, or you could just go to Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, talking about entrepreneurs and people that you, well, like, we're talking about books that inspire you, etc. Who inspires you, personally, entrepreneur-wise? So, this is a difficult one, Kobe, because I I think about this a lot, because actually... Are you going to tell me the guy that you see in the mirror every day? Oh, I was actually going to say you, Kobe. Oh, you God. inspire me. Yeah, to be I better. know, but everyone's right. the last five people. Yeah, on those so I, do, I didn't want that. to say the same one. Yeah. So that's what makes it really difficult. <laughs> and no, actually, in terms of entrepreneurs, there are entrepreneurs I, I like the work of. Absolutely, you know, I'm sure you know many people name like Richard Branson. I remember when I was at university reading his um, autobiography, and then I got to meet the man, and you know, I, we had you a pitched. 
Yeah, so it, right? it was, well, not a pitch or product, but he was actually, it was a conference where they had asked me to talk about what the future of media would be. Wow. And it was the most incredible experience telling Richard Branson, this is what the future is going to be like, and this is what businesses need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was phenomenal to see this man taking notes, and then he would ask questions afterwards. And I was like, are you really taking notes <laughs> to ask me questions yeah, about what yeah, the future is yeah, going to yeah. be like? So, you know, I found that incredible and you know there were people like obviously Steve Jobs um you know his biography by Walter Isaacson it, it was phenomenal read for yeah, me yeah but you know there's actually it's not entrepreneurs that necessarily um inspire me it's yeah. it's mainly people who just follow passion like I love yeah. artists you know they're filmmakers that mm -hmm. I uh, I absolutely love they're musicians I yeah. absolutely love so it's really anyone who's kind of followed their passion and you see they've kind of made a place for themselves yeah and um, yeah. so it's not necessarily always entrepreneurs yeah you I think if that's a good thing is in the sense of I always like for me my big topic like hot topic of reading books stuff like that is people that have just succeeded yeah. Uh, in anything, it could be business, it could be just in life. I, I, I wrote, I, you know, I remember the first autobiography was about. I used to be such into criminals. I know it sounds really weird. I used to like criminals, like gangsters and things like that. And the reason being is because it was a hustle. There was yeah, a hustle involved yeah. in what they did. Yes, they broke the law, but they it's like they made you know they were involved in marketing they were involved in selling a product they were you know they had a team in place you know they recruited they took out competition yeah. you know to me it was like a fascinating thing and and i think again like even when you just look out in this big world there's people like donald trump like i'll be honest with you i think donald trump is an amazing entrepreneur like his 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 book um art of a deal is a must read for anybody that just wants to know about the real Donald Trump in business. It's just a fascinating read. Colby's and entrepreneurial tip. tip. Do, 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 do. Be like a Don. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so. Uh, on that note, actually, yeah. um, I recently watched The Defiant Ones on, on Netflix. Oh, I've, anyone I've got it recorded, yeah. Uh, That's with Dr. Dre. Dr. Snoop, Dre, Jimmy Ivey. Yeah, Jimmy Ivey like, and everyone, yeah. Incredible doc, uh, yeah, documentary I because yeah. I mean, I of just. The, the, the breath of where they came from, what yeah, they yeah. achieved, um, and you know, how they got um, the idea from Beats by Dre. Yeah. I, remember, I remember like, this was at the Beach House or something like yeah, Miami, yeah, LA and or something. he was talking yeah. about backing trainers, and, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, said, yeah, no, yeah. what about headphones? But it's not even yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. It's, it's just their journey of how they came about this. Yeah, the evolution. And, um, yeah. Is, is quite incredible to one. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know what, that, I've actually recorded that and I haven't watched it yet. I know it's, it's on my like, favorites to watch on Netflix. I think I'm gonna get around to watching that uh, sometime soon. So, um, so yeah, talking about, you know, we've gone from entrepreneurs, what you're, you know, what you're doing, who, who inspires you. Tell the people, no pressure, because we're not gonna come back to you in five years and tell you why you haven't achieved this. But where do you see yourself in five years time? Personally, professionally? Um, tell, mm, tell us. Kobe. Getting what deep, a grand deep, deep, question. deep into um, the Nelson intricate roots of just you know of who you are. Well, um, on a top level, doing what I love. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to think I've if you know I, I feel like something's not working for me. I've lost the love for what I'm doing. I'd like to think I would have found something um, that I love doing, and I'm, I'm still doing that. I'm still true to myself for that. Um, but where it stands now, I think I'm really excited with what we're doing uh, with how now. I mean, 
you know, we've got people, educators, using our software in countries that I've never been to. Like, yeah, you know, I've yeah. never been to America. Jamaica, um, well done on Jamaica, Jamaica today. You know, I've got, now it gives me a reason to go to Jamaica. <laughs> um, but you know, What is that person doing? What's the person in Jamaica teaching? I teach maths. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And so That's it's, cool. it's incredible um, yeah. that this, this kind of uh, business has taken me to all of these different places. So, yeah. And that's really, you know, drives me. It's the fact that we are empowering educators anywhere in the world yeah. um, to educate anyone anywhere in the world. And yeah. so we are really democratizing the education. It's something I really believe in. And so in five years' time, if we could really kind of progress in terms of the technology that we offer to make this easier, so make it easier for people to monetize their knowledge, but also make it easier for anyone to have access to high quality learning, yeah. um, I'd be really happy with myself. So th yeah, that's yeah. really what we're working towards. Cool, so gonna ask you something crazy, but I'm sure people will wanna know that are entrepreneurs themselves. What's your exit plan with her now? Uh, <laughs> oh, you weren't expecting it that. It depends how much detail you want. So yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously this is a question we get from you know, investors yeah. a lot. Um, I mean, for those of you who know the space, there's a couple of um, large education companies. There's one in particular that owns about 40% of the market share. Mm -hmm. And we already have relationships with these companies. We're already integrating with some of the existing products. Yeah. Um, so it could be an existing education company or it could be a publishing company. Mm -hmm. um, so typically where we sit is if you imagine a triangle between content, technology and audience, yeah. uh, we typically work with educators who have content and an audience and they're yeah. looking for the technology to deliver um, this content to their audience. And so it makes sense for us to kind of be acquired by a publisher who has access to a significant amount of content yeah. um, and they want to use this smart technology to deliver it to their audience. Um, so yeah, it, it could be someone in educational publishing. Right now, my focus is very much building a, a sustainable company. That's going to be worth multi-million, billion pounds in yeah. the future. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let me know when you do that. Actually, I'm pretty sure I'll find we'll, out. We'll do a part two of this. Oh, yeah, we'll do a part <laughs> in two. In Jamaica. <laughs> in Jamaica with the person that's, that's yeah, teaching yeah. maths. <laughs> and they can teach us how to count all your money. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. So... Um, so personally, where do you want to be? What's your kind of thing? We talk about professionally, we know about your business and whatnot. So how about personally? Like, what do you want to achieve? You're turning 30, mm. I just heard. Yeah. Well, I know. Uh, and you are celebrating... Yeah, and a, a West very, Coast road trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. West Coast road trip. That was it. Yeah, it kind of thing. So that's pretty cool. But what's your kind of personal goals? Like next five years, what do you want to achieve? Do you want to kind of settle down, get married? Do you want to kind of travel the world? Do you want to... Are you? Is it really heavily focused on your business that's that's dictating your personal life because i think that's what's quite common in entrepreneurs so actually for me i would not like my business or my entrepreneurial endeavors to define who i am yeah so that's why i'm always quite keen to do stuff outside of um what i do within the business you know it takes yeah, up a yeah. lot of my life but that's not what i want to be known as that's you why know, you're always a, calling me to get drunk yeah i'm yeah, like yeah. Kobe, i also want to be known as this <laughs> a <laughs> drunk in london <laughs> yeah and um, so it's trying to constantly i guess push um myself and step out of my comfort zone yeah i'm a big believer that i don't do things um seeking happiness right because i, I think happiness is like you know Say, for example, I think there's a maximum level of happiness you can have, like out of 10. Yeah. So I could be 10 out of 10 happy having the best meal of my life. 
I could be 10 out of 10 happy when I raise investment. I could be 10 out of 10 happy lazing on a Sunday watching Netflix. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to laze and watch Netflix for the rest of my yeah, life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this is, I think, an important thing people to understand is you might strive to get a, I don't know, a three-bedroom house. And the moment you get that house, you feel 10 out of 10 happy. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you fall out of love with that, and now you want a five-bedroom house. Yeah, but yeah. what you're going to remind yourself is when you get that five-bedroom house, you're still only going to feel 10 out of 10 happy. Yeah, There's yeah, only yeah. so it's much happy you can be, right? It's not going to be, yeah, yeah. you're not all of a sudden going to get 11. Yeah. So it's not about happiness. I think we're measuring using the wrong scale, mm -hmm. which is which is happiness. For me, it's more about um, achieving. And achieving for me is how can I strive outside of my comfort zone? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if, you know, in, in five years time, if I feel like I've got comfortable um, and I'm only doing the things that I, I really know, um, and that's not just in terms of business, but it's also in terms of people. Yeah. Right, I think you should constantly challenge yourself. Like I learn, I learn a ton of stuff when when we have our chats, right? Mm -hmm. And that's constantly putting yourself in a place where you're meeting people who are different to you, who live life in a different way, who are going to challenge all of your assumptions and all of your outlook. And um, so you constantly, even if you believe in something strongly, you're constantly critically reviewing what you believe in. Yeah, yeah. Which for me keeps things exciting and keeps you. Um, you know, pushing your limit. Yeah. And so I'd like to think in five years time, I'm still like that. And I, if I'm not like that, I'd like someone who's listening to this yeah. to come up to me and remind me, yeah, remember yeah. you said this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as in, I think that's a bit like me. As in, I, I'm never, I hate people that organize fun. And, mm. I, and, I, and I'm very against about organizing fun. For me, it's about just having experiences, you know, and then having fun in those experiences, right, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that's that's a definite definite must, like for me personally. And I think um, I think everyone should just kind of go with that kind of thing. I think there's so much kind of pressure to be eating at the best spot in London, or the you know go on the uh, go on being taken a photo with a holiday in a holiday in you know with a with a white sand blue you know blue ocean in in, in the background and stuff like that. It's just go out and just enjoy oh, man, actually, where you are, whatever you're doing. There's fun that can be had. And, and there's so yeah. much out there, right? I never get it when people say, you know, stick to what you're good at. Because no, if yeah. I'm already good at and I know that, what's the fun? What's the point? Yeah, exactly. What but is the point? The fun, fun is exactly. on, there's so much out there yeah, to, yeah. to learn and to do. And I think that's a key, and I've seen this a lot, that's a key kind of like part of the DNA of, of an entrepreneur. They just want to learn about so many different intricate parts of say a company like for instance me uh like i know now how to build a website kind of thing but then i also know how to do graphic design and do video editing and music music editing and stuff like that and you just pick it up yeah. because you just it's kind of bootstrapping right yeah, you don't yeah, want yeah. to go and pay someone to do a website so you learn how to do it yourself yeah. you know kind yeah. of thing and i think that kind of that uh, mentality helps an entrepreneur to kind of learn a lot but also helps them to kind of understand what they're good at what they aren't good oh, at man, and yeah. then you know just apply themselves to totally different kind Absolutely. of like e environments even in a large scale man, look at Elon Musk he can talk about a lithium <laughs> battery in the same way he talks about space exploration yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah. phenomenal yeah, right? yeah but that is comes back to that trait of your genuinely curious people. curious and, and, that, and then become passionate right exactly. yeah you're, you're yeah. curious to know what is going on. and so it's not just about curious about one thing yeah. it's just an appetite for knowledge yeah yeah no as in to me it's like i always see that especially with elon um 
we're on first name basis. Oh, yeah, yeah Elon. Yeah. You guys are buddies. The big yeah. E, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Friday um, drinks. <laughs> so um, yeah, no. As in, I think he's again, he's like phenomenal. He's interesting, you know. Like, he's but I, I think he's like one of those like one of a kind kind of aliens that you'll never kind of see again, you know, kind of thing. Like literally, I'm gonna build a spaceship with, you know, secondhand parts. That's yeah. what he's done, yeah. you know. And it's like he does it and. Good on him. See, there, you know? there's an, a really good book to not about him, but to understand his approach to business. Yeah. Called Zero to One by Peter, Peter Thiel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a brilliant book. Yeah. That kind of looks at innovation and what it takes to innovate, and and actually someone like Elon Musk going into markets where there aren't many competitors. Yeah. Um, that's the reason why they do it. Yeah, I think right? that's is that, you're able to attract more money, um, and you're not. It's not price wars, etc., because you're yeah. not competing with that many. Well, I think players. those. That's what it is. If you go into space, which no one's in, yeah, and then obviously your name's Elon Musk as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, very so. easy to first of all raise money. Yeah, uh, no one. But then again, it shouldn't put other people off. Yeah. right. Like, like I think going into a space, going developing an idea that's not already out there, or people aren't making money in that space doesn't mean it do, it can't be monetized. Oh, absolutely. And, right. and the contrary is also true. You yeah, know, yeah, I get a lot yeah. of people who always want to come up with an idea that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Actually, in a lot of cases, right, the chances are, look at this world's population, there's going to yeah. be someone else That's who's, who's thought of something else. Right? Exactly, yeah. And yet again, it comes back to overvaluing your idea. Yeah, it, yeah. It's the execution. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, sometimes it's good to have a few players in the market because it validates that market. And, and you know, there are very few people who are willing to put money in, in someone who's doing something for the first time, right? Yeah. So actually to have a few players where you can benchmark, validate, can help you. Yeah, well, there's that famous uh, VC fund, I don't know where they're based, somewhere in Europe or maybe in the US, that they literally invest into companies that copycat ideas. Oh, man, yeah, Rocket Space. I, sorry, not, not Rocket, Rocket Space. Space, that's our office. Rocket Internet, who okay. are based out of, um, they're German, but they're, they're, German, they're, they're yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their entire model is to see what businesses yeah, yeah. They'll do like an across the pond. Like Fiji uh, yeah, 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 or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 no, as in, that's it. I think we've had this conversation before, mm. sounds familiar. But, um, but getting not back, on record. <laughs> yeah, 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 not on record. So not on the show. Yeah. So um, yeah. So okay, we we let's screw let's, let's let's forget about work for now. How do you like to switch off? What's your kind of what's your hobbies? What do you do in your spare time? Have fun, apart from eating cotroti. What do you do? Uh, and mutton rolls. And mutton rolls. Um, well, I, mean, I like to read. I read a ton. I mean, I think reading single-handedly is the reason why I am where I am. Yeah. Um, I'm a massive film buff. Um, that is my first love. Yeah. So I love watching films in the cinema. Um, you know, I went from days where at uni I used to go to the cinema and watch four films back to back in the cinema, okay. and to, to now, <laughs> I did that once. like now I kind of you know I, I get a film in the cinema you know once a month or once every two months, but yeah. I love doing it. Yeah. Um, hanging out with friends, you know, mm. is is my kind of number one thing to do is just hang out, spend time with them, yeah. and do cool new stuff that I've not done before. Done before, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty much same as me. Yeah. <laughs> same as me yeah. sounds pretty boring but no it's fun um, so yeah we're going to wrap up but before you go and I go offline and uh, whatnot, we all we, I always finish off with this one question it's a very difficult one oh. and we need a drum roll for this Mate. what advice would you give to other hustlers out there Nelson Sivalinga for <laughs> advice 
Um, well, there's, there's so much in okay. terms of mistakes I've made. Mistake. Okay, so let's let's say, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about very quickly. If you could go back mm. to a mistake that you made and give you give yourself advice so you didn't make that mistake, what mistake was it, and what advice would it have been? See, mistakes. I think there's numerous, but the value, I guess, is not so much in the detail. But what could have stopped that is, I think, get yourself a mentor. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I think it's one of the best things you could possibly do. Like for me, I came from an environment where no one in my family or my friend circle um, at the time were, were entrepreneurs or running a business. So I really didn't know where to go. Uh, you know, if it weren't for a world where we had books and Google, um, I don't know what <laughs> I would have done. Yeah. yeah. Um, but where it did change for me is when I did find a, a, a mentor and I found a mentor who, uh, you know, I've had different mentors at different points in my life, but it's finding a mentor who's not so far ahead that they don't really um, remember the details of what it was like to be at your point, yeah. but just find someone who's a few steps ahead, yeah. right? Because it's fresh and, and they can, you know, you could also be on a level where your peers, yep. and so they can give you kind of valuable insight into not just the tactical stuff of running a business, but there is a personal impact. It does affect your life, mm -hmm. and it gives you someone where you can share those stresses, that emotional journey with. Yep. So there's kind of one piece of advice I'd give that kind of addresses all of the other things. Is, is find yourself a mentor, you know? And it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a formalized relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just someone who, and, so what do you define as a mentor? Someone you look up to or someone that's gone through experiences that they can share with you? Yeah, or someone so just acting like as a bit of a kind of a, you know, like you can bounce ideas off? Yeah, so I would say things? it's someone who in the next kind of milestone you can perceive for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Someone who's kind of taken that journey or that trajectory and they're a few steps ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so they're doing something that you want to be doing. You can you know, trust this person, you can exchange ideas, you can you know, share it, how you're feeling, etc. And there's so many people. And the great thing um, about this kind of startup community, well, actually, I've seen it in, in the film community as well, mm -hmm. um, is people are willing to share. You, know, not, yeah. you don't need to be paid Everyone for this or help, anything right? like this. It's like the kind of idea of someone did it for me, so yeah, I'm yeah. going to do it for someone. Yeah, and that yeah. kind of pay it like forward mentor. Forward, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's the great thing about the community. So it's actually you're losing out if you've not gone and found someone mm -hmm. uh, who you can have that conversation with. Yeah, and yeah. you'd be amazed at how many kind of pitfalls you can avoid yeah. by having an open conversation with, with a mentor. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of, there's no shame in, like, especially in the Asian community, people kind of feel ashamed to ask for help. Yeah. And I think that kind of stigma is now going, because I, I know a lot of people are talking about mentors, I have several mentors and I always know that speaking to mentor or just speaking to speaking to like me and you having a chat, like walking away from having a chat with you, I feel energized or going and speaking to any one of uh, the previous uh, entrepreneurs and hustlers that we had on the show. I know that every time after I've had them on a podcast, I walk away thinking, man, I feel good, man, I want, I'm driven, man, I feel like I want to go and, you know, hit that next milestone. And I think it's so imperative in this day of age. And I agree with you, having a mentor only will benefit you. There's no negativity yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's, it's two ways, right? It's a, two things to take away is we can all 
probably be someone's mentor. Yeah. And we can all do with a mentor. So, you know, if you're listening to this, there's probably someone out there you can share your expertise and knowledge with. Yeah. And just open yourself up and make yourself um, available yep. to someone who's seeking that kind of help. And yep. in the same way, uh, if you don't have a mentor already, look out, look around you and see who's doing something you'd like to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of, you know, reach out to that person. The chances are, it doesn't matter how big they are. Um, you know, most people do respond to, to, to this. Yeah. Like, I, I've yeah. been surprised um, previously before. And, you know, on a note to kind of, I guess, finish on with this kind of mentoring thing, I remember one of the best questions um, that my old boss at the last place I ever worked at um, said to me um, was they were offering me um, a job uh, to be promoted. And my line manager knew I wasn't too sure about taking this job. Mm-hmm. And he asked me one question that determined what I did after that was, he said, look around this office. Do you see anyone here doing the job that you'd like to do? I looked around the office and I said, no. Yeah, yeah. And he said, then you're in the wrong place. Yeah, right? yeah. And that day after I left, right? and after that, I've not worked for another company since. Yeah, right? yeah. But that's what you need to really ask yourself. If you're in an environment where you don't see progress, you yeah. don't see something to aspire to, yeah. then what are you doing in that environment? Right? You need yeah. to get yourself in an environment where there are people around you you can aspire to and, and kind of push yourself. And I think that's kind, of, that's kind of my story as well. 2012, May, I said to myself, can I do this when I'm 65? Yeah. You know, I was, I was consulting in, in the investment banking world and I said, can I do this when I'm 65? And I said, no. And that was it. That was the... The world has never been the same since. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The world has not been the same since. And, you know, and it takes that kind of moment and that light bulb, that spark, whatever it is, or that, it could be just that conversation like you just had with your previous um, um, uh, colleague. Do you ever Uh, regret it, COVID? Do you ever regret taking that leap of faith? No, I don't, because it opened the door to so many experiences, so many, and as I mentioned to you, though you can't ever, I don't ever want to be old or grey and sitting in my rocking chair thinking to myself, I should have. You know, I could have, you know, because I think I did. I think that's what people regret later on in life and say, oh, I should have done that. And I wish I'd done this, etc. And and I, and I have a lot of those already, you know, and I'm only 34. Like I should have gone traveling or after, you know, after university, I should have gone traveling or I should have done this. But, you know, one thing led to another and it's got me here. And I, I, I love the journey. Um, and yeah, and I think both you, I, and I think every one of the people that we I've um, interviewed on the, pod, the podcast have got this amazing, amazing journey, and we don't know where it's going to be tomorrow. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's that's what, the fun. Right? That that's is the fun. That's the hustle. That yeah. is the kind of you know the ambiguity regarding what's happening next week, what's around the corner. We don't know. And um, I think that's uh, to be honest, I think that's an awesome way to finish up on the podcast. Um, well, hold it, hold it. Well, the hold first it. Let, me, let me pull this back. Let me hold this back. It's the last episode. <laughs> the last series. Of, last episode of the series. Of the, of the series. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to turn this around. Kobe, <laughs> what's that one piece of advice you'd give to all the entrepreneurs? One so, given, piece of given advice. Given what you've heard from all these entrepreneurs you've spoken to, and I know you're a well-connected man, yeah, what's yeah. the one piece of advice? Uh, my one piece of advice is very, I'm just very honest with this, is that if you have a dream, and if you have a vision regarding becoming an entrepreneur or some somewhere you want to follow your passion and make money from your passion, go do it. Don't drop everything and plow all the money and remortgage your mom and dad's house and all these type of things. 
go out there, learn about it, read about it, you know, quantify your potential, you know, pr pr concept and go and validate, like you mentioned, go validate potential cust, go and speak to customers and see if they're buying to it. You know, tell them, and I, and I, and I always did, I did this once and I, I walked, I had, a, and I had an app and I walked into, well, I had an idea for an app and I walked into a company, I met the manager, the CEO of the company actually at the time, and I, and I lied, I told him, I had this app and I'm releasing it next week. Would you be involved in using the app? Mm. And, he, and I t he was like, wow, this would solve so many problems. I, and the truth is, I didn't have any app. I just had an idea. Yeah. But the fact that he said to me that he, would, he wants that app, he wants that piece of software, it only made me go and spend money on a developer yeah. to go and actually build this product. And the product got made and the app got made and we did really well off the app and we sold it on and we did well. So that, that, my advice is exactly that. Just go, no time, there's no time ever in your life to just say, go and do it kind of thing. And I feel like a lot of people, um, I did it. I did it. I'm the first yeah. to admit. I, I'm a nod and I thought, should I do it? Should, yeah, I, yeah. should I leave the professional world behind? And should I go down this entrepreneurial route? Yeah. Like, you need to kind of just figure it out and just say, hey, now is the time. I'm going to go follow this dream. It might not get me anywhere, but it might get me to the top. But at least I can say I had a good go at it, you know. And don't have any regrets because uh, yeah. that's probably the worst thing anyone Absolutely. Can, yeah. can do and yeah. and i always believe like you know i always talk about who inspires us like our parents you know especially coming from sri lanka you know a lot of a lot of our parents sacrificed a lot of you know a lot for us to kind of be here be educated in the system and what we should try and do is utilize utilize all those things that they've they've come they've you know they've you know like sacrifice. Hey, absolutely. I mean, we will, well, in myself, um, I don't think I'll ever take a risk as, mm -hmm. as big as what my parents did, you know, yeah. leaving everything they had, you know, what, what our generation of parents did yeah, to leave, yeah. leave behind everything they, they had. And the question I'd ask is, was it worth it, what they did it for? You know, if, if yeah, you're living yeah, a yeah. life that's similar to them, yeah. you know, not making the most of this opportunity yeah, yeah. Um, that they've given, because we are in a far better position than, than they were. Of course, of course. Um, you know, are you really making the most of it? And do you think this is why they did it? Yeah, you know, for yeah, you yeah. to carry on, work, get that house just slightly bigger than their house, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, a slightly yeah. better car, is that yeah. what it was for? Well, I think it's about that one thing. Like, I'm sure my parents, your parents are happy kind of thing, I'm sure they're very proud of you as well. And I think what, what, we ha what we as this generation should really kind of really identify and accept is that, you know, we don't all have to be doctors to make our parents proud. Uh, yes, being a doctor is great. Uh, my fabulous wife is a doctor. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, for, you know, for me, it's about, I think our parents sacrificed a lot so we could do what we're doing right now, and which is, going and following our dreams. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of them, a lot of people from that generation above us couldn't. They did things because they had to. Yeah, yeah. They had to have three jobs. They had to leave, the, leave Sri Lanka under you know, certain, uh, situa certain problem, problematic situations. Uh, that's well known about. And um, I think that 
has given us, you and I, uh, the opportunity to do what we do. Yeah, and we're I, very, and I'm sure, and I know we're, a lot of us are very thankful for that. And I think you meet people who, you know, they could be incredible entrepreneurs, incredible artists. I mean, mm -hmm. like amazing musicians, dancers, like you know, real creative people. Yeah, who yeah. do it on the side. But when I ask them why don't you pursue this as, as your full time thing, they go, No, my parents, parents. want me to become an accountant. Yeah. But what you need to understand there, there is nothing wrong with what your parents are saying because yeah. they had their you know, they were uprooted. Yeah. And so their entire journey has been towards security because that's what they didn't have. Yeah. So they created an environment where they found security. Yeah. So yeah. based on what they know, their search has always been about security and of that's course. what they're telling you. They're of saying, course, course. you should go towards security. But yeah. what you need to communicate to them is, mom, dad, our, our journey is not the same. Yeah. You started with no security and that's been your journey. Yeah. You've given me that security. So I'm not going for more security. I need to use the security you've given me yeah. to kind of explore what's outside of this comfort zone. Of course. And so, you know, I think it's a poor effort on yeah. our part to not even bother challenging or communicating this to a parent. It's not a bad thing to do. Yeah. It's a conversation we need to have. Yeah, I, you know, I always say this story which makes everybody laugh, which is when I told my mum that I was leaving the city, uh, to go and become an entrepreneur, she started crying. <laughs> she thought like she she kind of tried to kind of disown me. Uh, like it took about five seconds. Yeah, yeah, and she yeah, didn't yeah. disown me. But she, you know, she was upset. She cried. She, she and, and and I always remember she said like, you know, mum, you know, my parents, both of them, her and my dad, worked so hard so we could so you could do something like you were doing. Yeah, you know. Now you're just throwing it out, the, you know, throwing it in the toilet to go in, you know, on a, on a, on a whim, on a, on a dream, you know. And, you know, she thought there was something wrong with me. She thought I was going through something, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of thing, right? <laughs> a phase. Yeah, going through a phase. Like, she genuinely thought, like, you know, something like, who's going to marry you, da da da, yeah. da you know, you're, you're taking That is a real concern, your take, market value. Yeah, my market value is going to do, you know, go, go down. Obviously, it didn't. But, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that that's the kind of stigma Right? And, and I always say this to people. When I left the city to become an entrepreneur and follow these certain dreams, people, you know, people would ring up your house and you know, parents, oh, how's Kobe doing? And my mum, even though I'd left the city, she would still say, oh, oh yeah, he's a consultant. He works for the investment banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing really blah, blah, blah. Right? And she did it because she couldn't explain what I was doing. And potentially there was a kind of, not embarrassment, but I don't, she didn't know how someone she else in would, ex would accept what she was yeah. saying. And, but now, people say, oh, how's Kobe doing? And they're like, oh yeah, he's an entrepreneur, yeah. he's, you know, he's in business. And she'll, she'll like tell the whole story. You know, cause it's, yeah. cause now I think with more people like yourself, Nelson, you know, leading the way for, our gen for, for the generation of entrepreneurs to kind of go and say, oh, we want to be like Nelson. We want to be like Robert. We want to be like Tamil women in business. We want to be like Vic Arachandran. We want to be like Andrew Mitzit, right? Those people, you guys are leading the way for the next generation to say, they're doing it, I wanna be like them, and parents will find it acceptable for those children to go into those um, entrepreneurial okay, work. 100%, streams. so my mum was very similar in the mm -hmm. sense where even when I had a team of people, I had employees, I was paying their salary, yeah. my mum would still ask me when I was gonna get a job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, like, right, right, right. Like, mum, I've got people <laughs> working, working for you. My, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my mum had this notion of, I think from back in the day films, she would literally go to me, when are you gonna come and give me your paycheck in a brown envelope? <laughs> I was like, mum, like, that's illegal. If they're paying you cash it <laughs> out, it's illegal. Like, they don't yeah, pay you yeah, like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah. it's the same thing, that changed. Yeah. And 
it's exactly what you said in terms of, I think when I was starting out, there weren't many people. It wasn't that there weren't successful Tamil entrepreneurs. Yeah. There wasn't visibility. Yeah. That's why it's incredible. Things like you know what Tamil culture does in terms of um, identifying and bringing visibility. Yeah. You know what you're doing through this podcast. What we're doing together through British Tamil entrepreneurs. Um, you know all of this is to create visibility. So for anyone now who's young Tamil deciding to start a business, they have visibility of other on- Tamil entrepreneurs who are successful and kind of gone down that path and they're a few steps ahead. Yeah. Um, and that makes an incredible impact um, for the community. Absolutely. And you touched upon Tamil culture. Um, you can go on Tamil culture's new and improved website where you can actually network with a lot of amazing people that have actually logged in, create a profile regarding what they do. And it's a great place actually to meet some fantastic creators, movers and shakers in lots of different industries. Uh, you also mentioned about um, uh, uh, <laughs> British Tamil yeah. Entrepreneurs, which, which is a, an association which me, uh, Nelson and Robert co-founded after a few too many drinks uh, last last year, I think where, it was. Where the best ideas come from. <laughs> yeah, where the best ideas come from. And again, that's a UK-based kind of little, little network where we run networking events for people to come, uh, share their experiences, learn from what each other do, and just network. And uh, I, for one, and I know Nelson agrees, networking, you cannot put a value on how important that is. And um, yeah, so we hope to see you and greet you at our next event. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, you are going to be in Toronto in May. Uh, uh, no, in June. Oh, um, June. So Sorry, I'll, I'll, like... be in, I'll be in the West Coast in May. Uh, if you're anywhere along the line between San Francisco and Vegas, uh, then let me know. <laughs> but otherwise, I will be in uh, Toronto for a trade mission with the Mayor of London's office. I'll be there from, I think it's the 13th to the 18th. Um, so, you know, if you're around in Toronto and, and you want to meet up, you know, this is my second time in Toronto. I'm really, uh, really keen to get to know what the ecosystem's like, uh, both the Tamil community, the startup ecosystem. Um, so if you want to catch up, do drop me a message. Fantastic. And uh, that's a great way to end it. So if you are in Toronto in June, definitely give a shout out to Nelson on any of his social medias accounts um, and definitely kind of learn from a, a real hustler in the global edtech scene. Um, and again, thank you every, everyone for listening and supporting the first series of Kobe and the Hustlers. Um, we hope to be back in the second, with the second series very soon where we interview some real great innovators, entrepreneurs, and creators around the world that obviously are in the Tamil community. So thank you very much once again. Thank you, Nelson. Thank you, Kobe. And we will catch you on the other side. Thanks. What a life to live. I'm only come up. Come up.